I'm Adam Lippi, writer, editor, publisher of RegrettableSincerity.com. You'll notice the most recent review on my website is for Going the Distance, which was not a movie I really enjoyed. In fact, I think it's the worst movie I've seen in about a year and a half. And if I hadn't read the screenplay, which was on the blacklist in 2008, which is the list put together as the best unproduced screenplays of the year, I would have not wasted my time with this interview. But having read it and enjoying it, it's a much darker, meaner, funnier, and smarter version of the lame Drew Barrymore, just long comedy that is now playing all over the country. So this interview is with Jeff LaTulip, who wrote the screenplay and did not know beforehand that I didn't like his movie. So there is a, a strange disconnect at first because he was sort of surprised. But he does throughout the interview understand that my objection is to the movie. I didn't have a problem with his screenplay so much as all the changes that occurred that he likely had very little to do with that ended up as the movie. But he got sort of stuck in the Hollywood machine and he's put in the awkward position of having to toe the line because it's his first produced script and he can't out and out say that he hated the movie or anything like that. But he was obviously a very good sport and what I thought might go on for only, say, 20 minutes after he saw how much I disliked the film, the conversation actually went on for two and a half hours and I've put it up into about 85 minutes here. Also a note, at one point I say Kelly Martin when in fact I meant Kelly Garner. So I hope you enjoy. Uh, I don't know if you, you you noticed that our names are quite similar, even though they're not pronounced the same. Yes. Did you also know that, and I don't even know if this is true, that we're probably um, not related, but related to the guy who does the Dos Equis commercials, the most interesting man in the world? Are you serious? What's it, your last name? Lippy. Hey, really? Yeah, it really is. That's, that's very interesting, and that makes me freaking happy. He's a Jew named Lippy. Oh, wow. Like myself. Yeah, it's weird because, especially when I go to, well, I'm not Jewish, mm-hmm. so when I go to meetings here, like, I think it's, you know, just kind of assumed a lot of times, and uh, I've actually had people, because I have a lot of tattoos, mm-hmm. and I've actually had people ask me about my tattoos, like, oh, how does that go over, uh, you know, with, with the religion, and I'm like, oh, I'm not Jewish, and they almost seem shocked. Well, on my, uh, on the first date with my girlfriend of six years now, that she was concerned that I might be kosher. Until I started making pork chops. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, um, now you have you've seen the movie because you said you'd been at the premiere a few days ago, right? Uh-huh. And how? And but I've all, now that I've read the entire script, it's a totally different movie. Like it couldn't be um, more different. I, you know, I, I can't say that I totally agree with that. It tells the same story I want to tell. Uh, I wanted to tell as far as like uh, you know dialogue and, and some of the specific details it's really different uh, and, and you know a lot of what happened there was you know they kind of they go from the script that we had and, and I'm not sure which draft you read but even um, even the, the draft from you know the script that sold until we got the green light from the movie was was pretty different in the details well this one had a bunch uh, of misspellings so I don't know which uh Oh, yeah, that probably was not mine. Yeah, try to separate yourself from someone who can't differentiate two from two. I get it. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that, yeah, I did, those were not changes made by me. But, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where they had the script and, uh, you know, there were, we definitely had, like, certain, uh, you know, dialogue things that everybody liked, and then they'd run with that. But, you know, especially, especially with 
Justin and Jason and Charlie, they kind of really had it, and, and a lot too between Christine and Drew, they kind of had like a thing going where they would just feed off each other, and so they they did a lot of takes of improv, which you know I, I guess some some writers kind of don't like, but I love because you know they, they came up with some tremendously funny stuff, and uh, you know a lot of that made the movie, and, and that's just a testament to to you know the cast that we had being so good. So yeah, in details, it's a, it's a lot different, and there are a lot of things that we cut out or, or repurposed or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's the same exact story that I wanted to tell. Really? And, uh, there are a lot of yeah 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 there are, and there are a lot of like the core things um, that are that are in uh, you know the, the the script that we got the green light with that are still in uh, you know the the movie now and so um, yeah lots of lots of details different but still at the core the same story I wanted to tell. Oh okay, I, you can tell me if you're just towing the studio line. You could say it off the record. That's fine. No uh, no not actually that is that is uh, like my that is uh, I know that sounds like a cliched answer, but that is like that is legitimately what I think. Really, I mean, it isn't just the ending. It's like no, I mean, the, the difference is 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 what they took is sort of like a hard edged, you know, like still like pretty standard romantic comedy. That's not a pox on you at all. I mean, that's what it is. No, no of course, of course uh, yeah. And they took the they, they took the teeth out, and all of the things that I laughed at while reading in the script are not in the movie. Every single line that I laughed at is not did not end up in the movie. The, the, yeah, I think uh, there's definitely I've definitely gotten that reaction from a couple people. Um, where was the line? And, it, and, it, know, where was the "it made me feel like his fluffer" line? That's not in there. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, and again, that's that's one of those things. It's like you know when when you when you um, and, and I'll I'll speak for Nanette, the director here, with you know without her permission, but I think she would tell you you know when you when you shoot when you shoot things with really talented actors and and you know they have they have their own ideas about things and things that they want to do. It's all kind of you know from from the writer's perspective, you have to look at. I gave these people you know this story, and I gave them these characters, and whatever they brought to it extra than that was just kind of gravy for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I watched it and I saw, you know, things that I didn't necessarily write and things that I didn't, you know, necessarily come up with, but they fit in with, I guess you could say, the world that I wrote. And um, so, you know, even from the very first script that I wrote to what I see now, that's the story that I wanted to tell. So even though it was done differently in a lot of places, it, it's still, you know, to me, it feels like the same thing. Yeah, I'm... I'm it- Far be it for me to be skeptical, but I'm really having a hard time with that. Okay, <laughs> that's all right. Because, all right, I, I don't want to sandbag anyone at all, and I'm just going to no, tell no, you. No, please don't. I'm, I'm going to tell you that I thought the movie was the worst thing I've seen in a year and a half. Oh, that's too bad. I'm sorry to hear that. It actually infuriated me to the point where I had to leave the theater at one point. Um, oh wow! And You're walking. That's amazing. And I'm a critic too. Realize that. Now, I walked. I walked back in knowing that I would have to finish the movie, and I walked out during one of the many, 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 many musical montages. Right, right, right. Uh, which I know standard, but really, I know you know there was as many as there were in Look Who's Talking too. Um, <laughs> well, look, I, you know, I'm I'm a big kid, and and uh, and you know, it's, uh, I. It, has their own opinion, so you're you're not gonna hurt my feelings. No, no, no. I, I will what, say what, I will say that I am I am thrilled to like because you know if, if somebody like 
I'm sure there will be a couple people that walk out of this movie, and, but none of them will like ever tell me that. So I'm I'm thrilled that you said that. That that makes me really happy. Well, I'm see. I just don't think it's fair because it's hard to make a movie. I totally understand that. I've interviewed people that I don't think they made good films. And but I respect that they made a good movie. I, you can listen to a podcast on my site where I interview Troy Duffy. Do you know who that okay. is? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. And I tried really hard to be to be patient and nice, but unfortunately, overnight is is accurate a portrayal as possible. Um, oh man, it's that one of the most amazing things ever. Yeah, I mean the fact that he denies it is ridiculous because in person it's exactly the same. <laughs> so you know, I just but I you know you. I respect that that Nanette needed to make a, a studio film. I get that, and that maybe she was moving towards fiction. But it was it, it, it infuriated me for a number of reasons. One, because of the the journalism angle that they added, which couldn't be less realistic about journalism, is that journalism jobs were just like dime a dozen. Um, right, right. And the internship. My girlfriend was an intern with the Daily News, so it might as well have been the same job. Maybe you, maybe you, sure. walk, you walked into that one, like not you, but the, whoever rewrote that part. Now, were you on the set rewriting, or they they had other people working on it? There were there were a couple other guys that came on for a brief period of time, and then uh, I did I did a little bit of work on set, but again, there was a lot of improv. So, it, but the, the whole thing with like a the boss like making sure that all the interns have their papers corrected and as if an editor would have time to do that in, a, in an economy right. where, they, where, where papers are going away yeah 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 the insult to blogging and I and that's fine I mean I both blog and write for newspapers so it doesn't it's not it's not an insult to me either way but it just seems so like I, I wrote in my review that the movie felt like it had been made in 1997 Right, right. Well, you know, that, that's the kind of thing where, I, you know, I did the best that I could, um, and I'm sure you'll appreciate this, I did the best that I could with what I knew. Originally, when I wrote the script, I, I picked a job um, uh, for the female character. I think she was like a... Like a She's she a teacher. Teaching or and and let, like me, let me tell you that I've also been a teacher, and that was considerably more accurate than it would have been like to work in news, like the, the portrayal. Well, sure. And that, that's almost by accident, because, you know, the, the way I decided to do that was... I, I wanted to pick something that you know because she was, and, and in the, the original script, um, you know that you know she, she was also younger. The character was a little bit younger, mm-hmm. and and um, and so I wanted to pick that point in the life where you know you you, you maybe know what you want to do, but you're not necessarily there yet. And that was just in my range enough that I thought that I could kind of you know have her do this and show her in the setting, but not have to get into it too much. And you know when we took it into the studio, they wanted to change the jobs around a little bit, and when, and when we made the character a little older, you know, the, the grad school thing kind of came up in the internship. So a lot of those details, I actually, d- I didn't have too much to do with. But see, the grad school so, thing, the grad school thing in the internship is not, that's not the unrealistic part, actually. Because right, that happens. Exactly. That actually happens. People who have been in the industry for a long time get stuck in internships all yeah. the time when they when they shouldn't be doing that. And they do, you know, I know all sorts of people like that. That that wasn't that's the problem. Exactly, was, but I think, yeah, it's the details, exactly. And so, and so um, you know, that's that's the kind of thing where, you know, it's, it's part of the production process. And, um, you know, you hope, you hope that, uh, you know, you make sense and you do things that are realistic. And, um, you know, the, unfortunately, you know, the sort of macro thing of it is, you know, for somebody like you, that's got to be infuriating, and I completely understand it. But for the rest of, you know, America and the world, uh, ostensibly, they don't really know. 
so that's one of those things where it's like that detail probably right, won't bother that, most people. And you, I, I, you I know that part. The, yeah. I, I got that, but it was it was one of those like the invented sort of aura of the city thing, um, mm-hmm. which really wasn't necessary because. You know, because the way you had it constructed was fine with the Chicago and L.A. thing that works much better. But the only thing that he has to offer is that he lives in New York where he has a job he hates. And where, where, uh, and I, visually this wasn't even clear. It almost looked like he lived in a one-bedroom apartment and he lived in the living room. Okay, yeah. Yeah, see, that's, yeah, that's, that's one of those things that I would never, because I've been so close to it for so long, mm-hmm. and because I know what's coming, I would never look at it and think that. So, yeah, I mean, that, I, you know, I, that's completely valid. You know, like, you know, you have to understand, coming from my point of view, those, again, I, I, I'm sure those things can, like, build up over the course of the movie, but those are never really things that I, I think about while watching it. No, I, get, uh, I understand. You know? I'm, not, I'm not trying to, like, you know, make you say bad things about it. But no, 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 of course not. I just, I just you know, where I'm coming from is, and, and I'm, I'm sure you're going to be skeptical and there's nothing I can do about it, right. but, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, if I'm being completely honest, I'm really, really proud of this movie. Even the and, record company uh, stuff, you know, which doesn't exist anymore? Well, again, they, I think, you know, they tried to... Originally, he worked in a movie studio, and they wanted to get and, away from. And, and, and I get it, and I get that that was probably based on you, and that's fine, and that that was believable. And and the way that the, the record company stuff doesn't make any sense, because again, record companies are struggling. And if anybody wanted to become a big band, they wouldn't be like unheard of for three years. They'd be on YouTube and MySpace and Facebook. Right, right, right. They don't yeah. need an agent or a manager um, anymore. No, I don't even know how that stuff works. To be completely honest with you, so you know. But I don't. The, I don't either. But I know that. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the object there was to, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, give give the character depth in that he's doing something that he wanted to do, but not really. And so, uh, you know, it's again, it's one, it's one of those things where I, I think that, you know, we're lucky that most people aren't as astute as you are because they'll kind of gloss over that kind of thing. And I think, you know, it plays there, his job, the concept of his job, where you know he has a job and he doesn't want to give it, he doesn't like love it but he doesn't want to give it up because he needs to keep progressing you know that's the whole that the point of that being around is to show that he really he can't leave because if he does he has to start all over and he might not be able to right but he's so miserable and, and I, I see the, the the movie invented problems that were not in the script that's what I found so disorienting when and right. I saw the movie first and, and then read the script and I'm like wait none of these problems are in here like yeah it's not yeah, it's yeah. not a perfect script but it deals with more. The script deals with more serious issues, like the cervical cancer, and the ending is much better, obviously, because it's realistic for anyone who's been in a long distance relationship. You know, almost sweet considering the nature of the rest of the script, which is a little yeah, darker yeah. and meaner. Yeah. But you, it, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying not to complain and hem and haw, but it just, I, I guess, you know, I, I, I've written scripts before, and, and, and I've, I've written things for newspapers and all, and sometimes like they take the meat out, and I, and I have said to myself, look, I wrote what I wanted to write, and whatever they do with it is whatever they do with it. And I can't worry about it at that yeah, point. I, you know, I, I, you know, I, it's it's one of those things that it kind of comes down to to an opinion. And um, you know, I'm, I'm very much the same way. Like I did, I tried to do everything they asked 
me to while you know when you're a writer the you know the the, the trick is to do their notes in your own way right. uh, and I, and I try to do that as much as possible and um, you know at a certain point it, it goes out of your hands and you really have to do you do have to have that attitude like you know they they own the material at the end of the day and they're gonna do what they want to do with it and uh, you know it's kind of about being a, being a team player and, and trying to uh, well that's why that's why I was willing to, to cut it out if you wanted to and you could say off the record that you hated it and I would have been perfectly fine leaving it perfectly fine leaving it out because I would have understood because it doesn't even seem close because it seems like it's been reworked and I, and it's okay like if you, if you enjoyed it and but I, I, I couldn't even look at the movie visually because they shot in spl- what I call splotchy vision which I don't know if you know what that is. Well, see, that's, that's something where I'll disagree with you again because I really like the look of the movie. I think it, I could, especially because I think it doesn't look like everything else. And, and you know, the, the, the director of photography on our movie was Eric Spielberg, who's unbelievable, and he's worked on Juno and Up in the Air and 500 Days of Summer, and he has a very specific way of shooting films, and so I really like that. It's, and, it's uh, more of a film stock or whatever if they shot on DV. They use the same thing on What Happens in Vegas and My Super Ex-Girlfriend and all the Apatow films are shot like that, where everything is kind of a, a gold and purple, and everyone kind of looks okay. splotchy. That's why I call it splotchy vision. It just, it's, not, it's not appealing, and so you have actors like like Kelly Martin, who's normally gorgeous, just looking really strange and like I don't know if it was the makeup. I don't know. I'm not. Tr- I'm not trying. It was just a, lo- a bunch of people who are attractive looking unattractive. No, I mean, look, and, and again, that, that that comes down to opinion, and, and you know, you uh, you know, you definitely seem to have uh, specific ideas about things, which is great. And um, <laughs> you, you can. Here's the thing: you can things. you can say whatever you want to me. I, I've had no, I've gotten people course, angry yeah. on podcasts before. It's okay. Look, I mean, look, it's, it's not, it, it doesn't anger me in the slightest that somebody has a difference of opinion. And of course, like, I'm, I'm bummed that you didn't like the movie, you know, that, that I, I wish you did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I can also say that, you know, of the people I've talked to just like you who have, you know, no stake in the movie and don't really care, like, if they're trying to hurt my feelings or not, mm-hmm. I, your, your opinion, so far at least, has been, you know, is in the, is in the uh, severe minority. Um, well, good. I won't introduce, so, introduce you to any of the other critics who are at the screening, but... <laughs> No, that's dude. And like I said, I appreciate it because if you if you go into this business, you know, thinking that you can or should make everybody happy, no, no, you are going to no. shit back really quickly. And I, like I said, I'm bummed that you didn't like it. I, I would, I, I hope you know, but at, at least by the end of this, you'll know that I have no problem saying what I think. Uh, well, that's what and, I want. Uh, I, I just I, what I resented about the movie was not that it's an innocuous romantic comedy that you can ignore. I mean, you can, if yeah, it, yeah, yeah. but it was not innocuous. It, it went from innocuous to hateful at some point, just in the insult of the intelligence. I mean, the, the whole notion of the spray tanner scene, which you didn't have in the script, which was smart of you not to have in the script if it was ever an idea. But that scene, not only is stupid because of the, the whole, like, he passes up the eye goggles thing, but the butt print on his hand, you know, where it is, that's not even physically possible. How, how is that? Do you remember where the print is on his butt? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. facing up. You try to do that. You try to uh, do that. Oh, I, yeah, I don't think so. I think, the, I think you, the fingers are pointing towards the feet, or at least like, towards the left foot. It, to, I looked at it, and I'm like, wait a minute. Because you have to have no ribs and no waist to do that. It was very strange. But, you know, you, it, that's fine. It, that was what I meant. Like, certain things, like the spray tanner scene just, I don't know, like it seemed like a pandering. Well, yeah, and 
I can tell you where that came from. Like, there's both a there's both a philosophical and a practical thing for that, and you know maybe you'll appreciate this. You know, when we were when we were, uh, you know, I developed the script with my uh, good friend Dave Newsetter, mm-hmm. who's the exec for the movie at New Line, and, and the, the the you know I've never been in a long distance relationship, and so all that stuff, you know, the the minutia of it was was based on his, and so you know when we were rewriting for the studio, they wanted a little bit more physical comedy, and so one of the scenes that we had talked about putting in before and decided not to do was a, you know, like a manscaping scene, like a hair trimming. Right, because they'd already done it in the four-year-old virgin, so you didn't want to copy that. Right, well, and it, and it was going to be something completely different, but it was going to be in the same thing, and all that came out of, you know, a conversation that Dave uh, had actually had with a couple of our buddies where, you know, he was like, you know, he, Dave's like a skinny dude, and he's like going to the gym all this extra one week and watching what he ate, and his roommates were like, what the fuck are you doing? And he goes, you know, I... He's like, I, I haven't seen her in a while. I want to look my best. And, you know, he has, like, hairy feet. And they were like, you know, are you going to are you gonna trim your feet here? Or, you know, if, if, you're, if you're, like, working out and you're trying to get ripped just to see her, like, that's not going to matter if she looks at your feet and, you know, you look like Frodo. So it was, it was one of those kind of things where it was, like, real life sort of informed it. And then when we got Justin attached, Justin has literally no body hair. Right. Like there's just none to be had. But everybody liked the intent of the scene so much that they decided to switch it to tanning. And um, again, like I watched that and I like I just think Justin is hysterical, so I laugh. You watch it and it infuriates you. It's you know, kind of comes down to, to taste. Well the goggles thing, that's what that's the giveaway that, that it's pandering, is that you're setting it up you're setting up a joke that everyone sees coming. Because he sees the goggles and goes, Oh no, I don't want that even though I don't know anything about this. And then, of course, gets sprayed right. in the eye. Yeah, I mean, look, it doesn't so even that, like I, that's I, not I, even I, necessary as a joke. You could have other parts that made it funny. Yeah, and I'm sure some people see it that way. But look, you know, I, again, I have to tell you, if I'm being completely honest, that that scene, you know, in in I sat in, um, I, I had the premiere, and I mm-hmm. sat in on three different screenings with large audiences, and that that scene destroys in the theater. No, and I, and I figure so, it does. They filled the the screening we were at with ringers, so I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah exactly. You want it, You're going to put those kind of people in, and you're, you're going to put the people in the in the test screening of a place too. So, um, so yeah, you know, I, I again, it's. Uh, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to like get you angry. I'm just I'm stating what was occurring and why it was weird. And they don't have ringers at 10 a.m. screenings. This is the first time I'd, it had ever happened. It was like right, right. There's only like it was like ten or fifteen critics there, and they were screening it a bunch of times, and they're still screening it now. But then there were, for some reason at ten in the morning, there were like fifty other people who I recognized from the night screenings who were not critics, but just people who always go to all the screenings. And right, they, right, they right. never do that. Yeah. And well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how they're, I don't know how they're uh, attempting to pull this off with uh, publicity and marketing, but well, they're really pushing you it. Know, like I said, it I found your Twitter name from from a friend of mine who made fun of you, actually, and you you responded. Uh, someone said, you know, the making fun of the abundance of ads and just won't stop. And you said, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it was. Well, no, that's. I mean, like, look, there are four billboards within three blocks of my house. So it's not like I'm not aware of it. And I actually thought, like, I know exactly the comment your friend's talking about, which I thought was funny. Oh, he's so, very you know, funny. Just, he's a very funny guy, yeah, very I, frustrated. You should have hired him to write the script because he would have left in all of the sort of mean and nasty <laughs> stuff and added more. And then the alcohol, because he's an alcoholic, there would have been more of that in there. 
go. Well, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, like, I, yeah, again, in writing this, I realize some people are just not going to like it, and I get that. And, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's totally okay but with say, say, um, And say the movie, um, this is a for instance, say the movie doesn't do well financially, will you feel, well, we should have just made the, the movie that I had written and, and you would have felt better about, or it doesn't really matter? Because these yeah, all seem well, like concessions, is why I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will tell you this. You know, like I have, I have a very zen approach about the kind of thing. I was, I was very prepared for how the industry worked before I ever sold this script. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, if there are, you know, were there things that I would have done different with, you know, the the, the filming of the movie? Absolutely. Uh, you know, there's there's because I have my own opinions and, and I have, you know, uh, a way I like to do things, and so I. I I might have made a much different movie from from what there is now. I still would have told the same story. Are you allowed to state um, what those things I, are, or you're not allowed to state that? I mean, it's, I don't even I don't even think it would matter. You know, there's I, I you know I can tell you there's there's certain things from the script that I wanted to really fight to keep in. Um, okay. as, as a practical example, one of the things was you know that the director and I really disagreed about the attitude of the main character thought that he was too much of an asshole, and I thought, you know, the case I tried to make was, if he starts out as an asshole and ends up a little bit less of an asshole, you know, you, you see, you hopefully see that change that this other person has brought upon him, and um, it was, you know, it was one of those things where I lost that battle because between the director and the studio, they decided he needs to be more likable up front, so, you know, I would have approached it, you know, with with him, with uh, Justin Long's character being a little bit more of a dick. I absolutely, um, absolutely agree with you. I wrote that down a few times. Because your opening... Yeah, mostly, mostly because I just think that's funny. Your opening dump, dumping scene was hilarious. And what they did was wimp out. And get, give it a, like, a, you know, a, a joke that's out of, like, 1950s sitcom. Like, what do you mean? You said you didn't want a present. You know, the eye rolling started yeah, there, there right there for me. On that one. And, that, and that's where you compromise. You know, that, that was, you know, that, that scene actually was, uh, as it is in the movie, was, was you know, really the... the what I did with what they gave me for notes, and um, no, I'm know, not I, blaming you, but I can see that you no, have no, that disagreement, and I can see like like right away, like the as soon as I read the first scene after seeing the movie, I'm like, none of this is here. What you know, none right, of this whole right, mentioning yeah, that he dumped five girls and he didn't care. He's just an idiot, as opposed to an ass, which would be much more entertaining. Exactly. Right. So, so you know, in that, like I said, I would have made I would have made some different decisions with the material. At the same time, I'm in a really lucky position where everybody everybody knows the script that I wrote initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's read it, and even up to the, the script that got greenlit, everybody you know has has read those scripts too. And and they're they are they are like again different in the details from from what ended up on the screen. So if the movie does amazing, I get credit for having written this movie that did amazing and if the movie completely flops then I'm the person who you know they they, uh, they, you know, they, they took my script and, and made out a, made a flop movie out of now I don't I hope that I obviously hope it does really well 
and and you know I certainly like I said I, I'm still very proud of the movie that they that they made and uh, you know I can I can uh, faithfully stand behind it but uh, you know I, I'm I'm the lucky one in that situation where there's really no harm that can come of me because of that and, and a lot of that is because the script you know I, I kind of caught lightning in a bottle the script was was really well received when it went around town and, and I got uh, I got a lot of attention because of it and, and you know people that for from from my end that's what people will remember so I'm, I'm in a good spot well in that sense then then good I'm, I'm glad maybe you get a little more leeway on your future scripts because you know yeah, there's something in the script that I thought was interesting that didn't make it in the movie obviously which is the movie the script seems to be having an interior monologue with itself and I like that. Just as a conceit. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Sure, sure of course, yeah. Like, you know, uh, making jokes about you're on page 61, you know, halfway through midway, or, you know... Right. Th- just making remarks upon itself, which I know is hard, but... I, I don't know. The, 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 I, I think that probably had to do with the tone change of making Justin Long's character, like, just a boob instead of an ass. Right, so, that, right. so that sort of, like, fake misery and hostility... That that he's that he that how he deals with trying to you know, while he's trying to understand, am I a phony? Like you know, I work for the suits. All this stuff that probably is bubbling around in his head, just turns out that he's just a phony in the movie. Right, right. It's it's this weird adjustment because they they then the hostility seems not just a facade, but it's also like because there's nothing underneath because he's just an annoying hipster. I mean, again, I think I'll have to uh, I'll have to disagree with you in that I don't I don't see his character in the movie like that at all. I am I did sort of I did sort of question why everybody is always wearing flannel in the movie. Again, that's that's kind of a stylistic choice. I'm not sure that I would have made. So I, you know, there's part of me that definitely sees where you're coming from. But I, you know, I. No, I, I see him. You know, the 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 way it's played in the movie, and um, th- and this was in the process of, of rewriting the script, so I definitely you know had a part in this. But it was to make him just sort of both he and Drew are you know they sort of play every people, and you know when you're doing something that's hopefully as as universal as this will be, you know that's kind of how it goes. So you know you you saw him as a boob, and and that's totally okay. I don't see him as that. I see him as just like a normal guy. Even with the the Lenny Bruce poster on the wall. Well, Ken, those are those are things that like I have some I have some odd stuff on my walls. No, I know, but but this pretty much in every man. This, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a stylistic touch. The specificity uh, of that you know, was what annoyed me because anyone who listens to Lenny Bruce now can't claim that it's funny because it's so dated. And that poster is because it's only the thing like I noticed. I'm like, wait a minute. If he had listened to that now. You have to understand the cultural relevance of it to make any sense out of it. Nobody is like, oh, my God, I was at that show in 1963 or whatever when that occurred in San Francisco. It was just very strange. Yeah, see, and again, that's, see, that's, I think, like, when you say that to me, I think, wow, you're thinking way too deeply into it. I know, but but somebody made that choice to have that on screen, so they wanted me to notice it. I mean, I just to me, it's a poster on a wall in a room, mm-hmm. and and I, I, you know, I don't think most people are even probably going to notice that. So to me, you, you know, that to you, you watch the movie, and, and from a personal experience, that's a big deal to you, and I get it. To me, you know, I'm watching this, and I'm I'm barely paying attention to that kind of stuff. Um, normal, so, see, the thing is, I, normally I wouldn't, but you know, you let certain things go in deliberately stupid movies, and that's again not mm-hmm. dissing you. You know what you met you wrote and you made that's fine that's what it is but when something starts to like bore you or insult you 
and I'm I'm I'm, tr- I'm really hard, trying hard not to be combative because it's not. I don't blame you at all for this. No, no, it's, it's, dude, trust me, it's totally okay. It, it's that you start to notice only the things like that, like when she throws out the hot dog, and she's claiming she's sure. so poor, and she immediately throws out a hot dog, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Right, that right. was food. Yeah. Or, or, or the uh, whole thing with the with the driving and the doors and like you know walking in with you know to a New York apartment without a key to the, and and then when she d- does have a key why does she have a key you know to a boyfriend that she's dating long distance that has been to his house like four times right right exactly and why are they driving in New York I mean that location change was a real problem because it opened up all these issues that wouldn't have been there before. Because there is a phony aura about New York, and I say that as someone from New York, I understand the idea behind it, but it's not necessarily true. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, and, and that's you know the uh, the director Nanette lives in New York, mm-hmm. and the, so she knew it really well. But the, and again, this is one of those production things. Like the practical measure of it is that you know we got a tax credit for filming there. So yeah, but you can't um, even tell. You know, the, that's the thing. Is that there's one there's that one scene that looks really fake that you probably that was probably stolen at a at a, at a restaurant outside. Um, it looks like very uh, matted and green screen. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And the rest of it could have been shot anywhere because there's very little. I mean, the, to me, the, to me, these the cities were never a big deal. They just needed to not be in the same one. Right. Uh, and that's why that's why in the original script, like you know, there's not really references to anything specific. So yeah, I mean, and, and again, like you know, you you definitely you you know, and, and watching the movie and not liking it, I'm, I'm sure those things cropped up. I still, you know, I, I still really like the movie for what it is, and uh, and so I don't, you know, I don't, I haven't necessarily really thought about those things in that way. So you know, like I said, it just it's kind of a it's it's a bummer you didn't like it, but I get it. But yeah, don't, you don't have to defend it. It's okay. I understand. Yeah, you know, like the whole thing well, with the. No, I'm. I'm yeah. I'm defending it because I believe in it. I mean, if I if I didn't believe in it, I'd be sitting here telling you something different. But, Even the thing uh, with the video games, like the fact that she, you know, supposedly hasn't been in New York that long, only doing it for the internship, and yet she's been playing the same video, you know, the same centipede machine for two and a half years. Uh, I'm not. Where did you get that? What, well, it's in, remember she she's got the whole the high scores right, and he yeah. he says something to the effect of. You know, I've been trying to beat this score for such and such amount of time. I think it was like two years or something, or a year and a half. And the sense I get from the script is that she hasn't even been there that long. So why would she just randomly show up in New York to go to one specific bar to play one centipede thing? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's actually... I, I, I know he says I've been chasing a dragon named Earl. I don't know if he mentions a specific amount of time. In the script, I know that in the script he does, but in my memory of the movie, when watching it, I'm like, but the, what the whole thing with the... Okay. Yeah, in the, in, the, in the script he does, because it was a little different, because she, you know, she lived there. Right. You know, I, I think in the movie, you know, the, basically, you know, she's probably been in town for like two or three months right. uh, with this internship, and, and is getting ready to leave, and, and you know, look, you go, to the, you go to the same bars a lot of the time, right. especially if, if there's something you really like about him, and so, you know, she's probably been playing that game all summer, and, and he's been trying to, uh, he's been trying I could be I could be wrong on that one. It was it was just a weird. There was just so many things in it that were so immensely distracting to me. And I and normally like I gave a good review to Centurion. I don't know if you know what that is. That that opens this week. Uh, Yeah, I I haven't seen it, but I know exactly. It's a big, broad, dumb, gory movie, and I had a really good time with it. And it's stupid, and it has no um, subplots. Like your film has no subplots, really. Dude, my favorite movie this year is Eighteen. So, 
you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. Like, I, I, I like all kinds of movies. Like, I'm, I'm not stuck in one thing. Like, you know, my favorite movies of the summer were A-Team and Inception. You're really not going to get too much different than those. Uh, so, so, yeah, I get it. Well, what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is, like, I'm not picking on you because I'm a snob. Because I'm not really... Like, I like dumb movies, especially if yeah. I know they're going to be dumb and they're okay with it. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel attacked by, by any means. But, and, you know, if I, if I had a different opinion of the movie, I'd, I'd, I'd let you know. But, you know, especially, you know, the first time I saw it and as we've, as we've you know, sort of advanced the cuts, um, I've liked it every step of the way and I continue to. So if I, if I told you that I didn't, then I'd be lying to you. But, but that would be okay and I'd understand. Okay. <laughs> I deal with the studio all the time. You don't think I'm used to being lied to? Come on. Oh no, no. But uh, you know, hopefully you can tell I'm not lying to you. Um, you know, like I said, there's there's definitely things that I would have done different. But the way the movie ended up, I'm I'm pretty thrilled with it. But the thing with the um, the, the studio, the uh, the new line kind of dissipated during the process. How did that affect things? It, that had already by the time by the time the script sold, which was. July 2008, they had all that figured out already. Okay. So we actually, there were parts of it that I wrote during that transition, but at the, once I had sold it, it was all figured out, so we never had to deal with any of that. Okay, because I didn't know whether you got stuck in a Paramount Vantage sort of situation with stuff like the Mark... No, not at all. You know, not like, all. you know, like the Mark Pease experience. Now, that was a terrible film, but I, it, when you watch it, it looks like it's not finished. And they just put right, it, yeah, they just put it out there. In the middle of that, yeah, right. upheaval, yeah. They put the movie out there because of contractual stuff. Sure, sure. And I and I wonder, like, oh, are they like moving your movie around because of contractual things? Because they've got to get this out because it's in your car- uh, contract or whatever. And I'm not suggesting that it should have been direct to video. I don't. <laughs> I like direct to video movies though, so maybe I am. Uh, are Are you a little disappointed that they that they took out sort of your last American Virgin ending? Yeah, you know, that's that's one of the things, like, I'll... If you know what I'm referring to about, you know, Last American Virgin, you know, is, is this very standard misogynist uh, 80s exploitation movie, teenage exploitation movie, and in the end it just kicks you in the balls with the... Uh, no, I, I, have, I have not actually seen it, but I think it's referring to the ending and knowing that the draft of the script that you read, there, the, the endings are quite different. Right. Yeah, you know, look, the, the, one of the very first notes we got from the studio is we probably need to have a happy ending. And in writing the movie, I knew that would happen. You know, to say for myself, a, a lot of the people, I got a lot of comments from people that they were like, I was really angry that they didn't end up together. And to me, that's the best kind of compliment you can get because you made somebody care enough about the characters that they were pissed off when these two people who only exist on paper. Or they wanted their, they wanted their, their mediocrity reinforced. I mean, there's a, there's a double-edged sword with that. And I get that it's a, it's a studio film and you've got to worry about the masses, but what the, the open-ended ending of Inception, that movie made a ton of money, as it should have, for it's a very well-made studio yeah. film, and the ending yeah. isn't conclusive one way or the other, and even if people complain, they talked about it and they saw it, and if your movie ended the way it had been written, I bet more people would talk about it and see it. 
it's, it's entirely possible, and you know, I sort of, I sort of made that that dying case, you know, because for me, it, even taking that out of it, you know, most long distance relationships don't work. Right. And as I was trying to write the most real thing possible, that made sense for it to be the most real ending to me, and 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 you know, to kind of show that you know, it's 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 that much harder when you're taken apart by circumstance rather than by choice. And and you know, that's you know, that we again we we. Uh, uh, definitely tried. I tried to do the best I could with with you know the way the studio um, you know wanted it to go down, and uh, you know there was a lot of Justin and Drew had a big hand in the way the movie actually ended, and and, and you know they they thought it was appropriate for them. And again, I don't uh, I don't dislike the ending. I'm glad that it's not. If they had just been like, "Yay, we're back together," that would have upset me because tying it up in a bow is one of the things I hate more than anything else. And so you know what what we ended up with. They're still going to be in a long distance relationship, and they're going to be—they're just going to be closer in proximity, but you know, still going to be tough. So I would have much, as a writer, I would have much preferred to keep the ending where they don't get together because I'll agree with you completely. I think that, you know, you go see that movie and whether you are thrilled that they didn't get together or whether you're pissed you're talking to somebody about it, mm-hmm. um, and that can never be a bad thing. Right, um, and, and otherwise what you do I'm is you make, like your movie, you, the, you make your movie interchangeable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you, it's, you know, it's not like if somebody's actually pissed off by the ending, they can somehow take their $10 back. Right, and also, um, if they've, already, they've already, let's be cynical and say if they've already seen it and they paid for it, who gives a fuck what they think? I'm pushing that too far. Level, that's yeah. definitely, I, yeah, that's, that's, I'm sure that's how the bean counters see it. Yes. Um, but, but the bean counters, like, counters made your decisions, though, so... Yeah, so so you know that's um, that's one of those things where yeah, I, I really wish I really wish it ended closer to the way that you know I originally ended the script because uh, I feel like that's more realistic. But I also feel like we eked out the most realistic ending that the studio was comfortable with, and and so that's that's what we did. You see, and, but that's uh, how, that's how again, stuff like I, the Iraq War starts. <laughs> Well, we, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna justify it in retrospect because it's the best way we can position it with yeah, what we I mean, were allowed to do by the oil companies. That's that's how you know that's how movies get made. And by the way, again, you know, just just for just for the sake of argument, I, I, the. People really, you know, of the, of the people that they've talked to that really have no horse on their race, people really seem to at least respect the ending for not being the traditional fairy tale kissing under a rainbow, you know, type of thing. And it's 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 worked. Uh, and and while again, probably not exactly what I would have done, it, it's 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 close. I, I was saddened after reading the script um, this morning and, and and seeing that you had a SIDS joke and they cut it out. I was all appreciative know, of the SIDS was, joke. That was, uh, we were sad to lose the SIDS and the AIDS and the cancer stuff. And I'm also sad that your boob smacking stuff is gone. <laughs> yes, thank you. I enjoyed that part. Well, I, I'm I'm glad. I'm really glad you uh, decided to read the script because this could have been a, this could have been a much different call. And then I wouldn't have, about all if I hadn't. You really wouldn't have believed me if I hadn't read the script. I wouldn't have wanted to make the call. Honestly, <laughs> I guess because you, you you said you've never had a long distance relationship, but you I'm I'm just gonna have to ask because it because it came up in the movie while watching, and it's a little bit in the script, but it's really in the movie. Um, are you heterosexual? I have to ask this. 
Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the reason I asked this is because... Here's the reason I asked. Because normally it doesn't matter, and I write for two gay publications, so I don't really care at all. Because... By the way, I don't consider that an offensive question, so... Uh, yeah, but it's invasive and unnecessary. But yeah, the, reason, the reason I'm asking is, in the movie, all the friends are living vicariously through their heterosexual friends' relationship. In real life, heterosexual friends do not talk about relationships, especially long-distance relationships. And they certainly don't yeah, vicariously a- live through that. And I was like, wait a minute. I mean, I know, I know all these people sound the same, and I get that. And I know it wasn't a kicking and screaming ode, if you know what I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. You know kicking and screaming? The Baumbach film, not the... Yeah, not the yeah, not the not not the, the, uh, the funny one, not yeah, the not yeah. funny one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, look, I, you know, the, the thing with that is, I think when you do a movie like this, what you have to realize is, you you know, these people have lives that are completely out of the realm of, like the supporting characters have, uh, you know, if, if you assume they're real people, have lives completely out of the realm of the two main characters. Mm-hmm. And so there's really, like, not time or necessity to explore that. So when you're around them, it, it definitely could seem like they're living through these characters. I know, like, me and my buddies, you know, like, I, I definitely pulled stuff from my own relationships into this and, and like, you know, stuff that happened between me and girlfriends and, and you know, just, just to, to make it authentic from, from my point of view. And it was really, you know, like I said, a lot of details and a lot of the anecdotes from Dave's relationship that, you know, made up the long distance portion of it. But, you know, I, you know, like I have, I have friends who, you know, especially, especially if you really like their girlfriend or really don't like their girlfriend, mm-hmm. you end up talking to them about it more often than not. And I think that because, they, do, they will talk you know, about them, but not that's not the only topic of conversation, which is the way the movie was structured is they're complaining about the fact that he won't shut up about her, but they're not doing anything else. Uh, yeah, and I think because there's just there's really there's really not time. I mean, uh, you know, you, you when you see him with his friends, it's still got to be on story, especially for a, a studio movie. You know, it has to be on story the whole time. And so when he's with his friends, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you kind of have to assume they were they're talking about other things before they got to the scene. But this is advancing. The no, era, I know. So, I, yeah. I get that. But it's just that. They left that out. I mean, it, you know, since the movie has no subplots, which I'm amazed you got away with, I mean, I guess you could make a case for, well, I mean, not even really, like, the subplots with the sister, like, are just barely there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think you probably, not you personally, but the movie certainly had time to have, like, other dialogue. So we don't think, you know, because everything was so pared down, despite it being a right. feature length and having no subplots. And you took away the Damon character, basically. I mean, he's there, but he's not, like... I guess his charm is 50% because he's British. I mean, is that it? (laughs) Yeah, I... I, uh, Oliver is a very charming guy. He's the guy who played Damon, so, yeah, that's... Yeah, but, but, you know, he can be British and be witty at the same time. There's there's nothing that prevents that. That's another one one of those things in the movie where it's like, you know, his character's there for a little bit, and then he just goes away. Um, And, and, you know, obviously I... There was definitely... Even when I was writing the script, I didn't want there to be, like, the characters cheating on each other because I think that that's always the easiest place to go to, and I wanted it to be a little bit different. But I wanted there to be, you know, realistic temptations there in both Damon's character and um, the, the character that uh, Kelly Garner plays, mm-hmm. um, they got pared down a lot. 
what I have liked to see more of them in the script and, and how they, you know, interact with uh, the two main characters, definitely. It just, you know, it, it didn't work out that way. Right, because um, the way it plays so, now is yeah, that they're, 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 you can see that at some point they were supposed to be temptations, but they're not even there. Even though in the script yeah. you could see them as temptations, but it's not taking over the movie. Right, right, exactly. So now they're just in know, the way. A little, a little bit, yeah. I guess, um, you know, uh, I, it's, it's one of those things where, again, you you know, you know, notice that. I've never really thought about it that way. You might be quite right. I don't think it's, I don't think it's problematic because even, you know, when, when you're describing it to me now, I see, like, I, it's pretty much understood to me that these characters have lives outside of whatever's going on with Justin and Drew. And I guess, you know, maybe it would be nice if there were uh, other things for them to talk about or do, but I guess I just don't see it as necessary with this movie. Oh, yeah, again, I'm not like, you don't need to have a whole subplot about something completely different. Right. But that, that they would discuss anything. I mean, though, I guess the whole thing... I don't get. I don't get the scene at the thirtieth anniversary thing. I don't get that scene at all. The, the whole movie to me was a bunch of jokes that short circuit themselves before they're even finished being told. Do you know what I'm talking about? The thirty. I mean, I don't know what. Oh, I know the scene. Yeah, yeah. Why would there be rabbis at this thirtieth anniversary? Well, I think it was just at the. I think it was just at the anniversary. The, 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 the um, uh, what the hell is it? Reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was like a 30-year high school reunion. Yeah, no, um, I, got, I got the whole setup. I understood all of it. But the way that it's been shot is, you know, there's all these people, and they've almost snuck into this reunion for some reason at, an, at a bar in which everyone can go to. Fine. But then, for some reason, there's two rabbis sitting in the corner who are obviously not part of the reunion because they're too old for it. But they're sitting there at a trendy bar for no reason whatsoever uh, except to be the punchline of the joke. Well, I guess I guess you I guess you saw it as a trendy place. Like, yeah, I, I not trendy, but but I don't know if you I don't know if you rabbis like a, don't go to bars like especially they do, but they're not like in full regalia or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, they were just like when we when we wrote that scene, they were just you know, and I think they still continue to be just two. I don't even they weren't even supposed to be rabbis; they're just two Jewish dudes. And uh, you know, the reunion takes place in a bar, right? Uh, but I, you know, I, I don't think it's ever assumed that it's you know taken over the bar. Otherwise, our guys wouldn't be able to get in. Um, so it's just kind of. I don't think that that's too outlandish that you're in a New York City bar and there are a couple, uh, you know. Jews yeah, but they've got the whole sign with the 30th anniversary, and there's at least 30 or 40 people there um, f- for the anniversary, and they ask, like, "Are you here for this?" No, you're a little too young. Blah blah. That's all. I mean, I don't even mind. That's stupid, but it doesn't matter. But the thing with the rabbis was just so out of left field, and it was just like pining to try to find a shock and then all it did was point out that it was doing that yeah and and you know see again i uh if you don't like the movie those are the kind of things you're definitely going to focus on and and you did and i think uh for a lot of other people that i don't, I don't think they'll even think that deeply about it again that gets a, that gets uh that gets a big laugh in the, in the screenings i've been in like i I can't refute your opinion, so there's really no. I know, I know, I know. But then maybe you could answer one other question, and I know that I'm picking here. But this the phone sex thing. Yeah. Bluetooth is like twenty bucks. Has been for several years now. Mm Mhm. They would wouldn't they have Bluetooth? I mean, the whole thing where he's getting tired, and I'm like, these are the kind of trendy hip kind of people who would have had Bluetooth five years ago when it was two hundred dollars. Not when I, anyone I've gets never, 
I've never thought that deeply about it. I I never I've never well I guess I've used one a couple times in the car, but I never use a Bluetooth for anything. Right, but for phone um, sex that might be an opportunity. That might be a convenience. Because, you know, if, if I, I, I could use Bluetooth I, I with, with an interview, I would do it, except the reception wouldn't be as good. Sure. I, 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 sure. I guess so. I mean, I, that's not something I ever would have thought of. I don't know. It was just weird, like, that it went on that long, and I'm like, so you're getting tired. Because in, in the movie, in the script, at least you deal with it. And they go, I'm getting tired. Can we go to Google Chat? Right. And I was like, okay, yeah, fine. But after seeing the movie, I didn't, like, after reading that, I'm like, yeah, that is how you, that is a much better way of dealing with that. I mean, you didn't even think of it. And what I was getting at is that the movie created problems that were not there in the first place. Like weird yeah. distractions. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's, I'm, I'm in a tough spot because I, I completely understand what you're saying. I just, I can't, I can't agree with you on most of it. So, um, well, I'm not trying to, I, 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 I know, know it sounds like I'm nitpicking, but it was like everything was like, wait a minute, what? what what logic world are we in here? Like, what is the world that we're living in that you've established? Why does it keep cheating? Kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. That's. that's um, I, I think. Uh, I, I think. I think most people's brains aren't going to go there, and I'm glad because they, they clearly could. So, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, we'll be spared that kind of thing. And I do, I do miss the, from the script that was in there the uh, when she says I was pretending so you wouldn't think I was slutty. That, that she cared about. Because that gets at something I thought was very interesting that is in the script but doesn't yeah, end up in the movie. Right, but it, but the it's it's a it's a it's a moment that that I think reflects like it's almost like a generational thing, and I'm not saying you're making some big statement, but the way that we have been programmed that we have to be sort of chased all the oh, time. Oh no, totally. Yeah, and, and we're Absolutely. not allowed to to heed to our impulses. I mean, they dealt with that in. Green, yeah. They had. Did you see Greenberg? Uh, not yet, I haven't. Okay, there's a, it's it's a it's a very challenging, difficult movie that New Line never would have made uh, with a with a main character who's completely off putting, and you'll recognize yourself entirely. And I'm not talking sure. you; I recognize myself. Other people recognize themselves. There's a moment where where the lead actress Greta Gerwig she says, "I have to stop doing things because they feel good." And I thought, yes, that's perfect. And while reading yeah, the script, I'm like, you 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 got that too. And it's not in the movie, but. Um, why? I mean, that's that seems like a, a common. And again, you know, I don't have to defend it, but is that an issue that you wanted to get across? Um, I think it was just it, it was uh, more of a character thing. Like I, you know, the the and I was glad that I was really glad that line made the movie too. And and it was you know one of the ones that I know Drew really liked especially. Um, it was more of a thing. Just about that character, and uh, it, I, I intended it. I, I never intended it to be like a generational commentary, but I think it just sort of is by default because you know we, we, you you have all these you know facades that you put up, and I think that that's just her character. You know that somebody said to me um, after reading the script, they said, you know, it, it seems like you wrote the girl that you would want to date. And I never thought of it that way, but it made complete sense when they put it like that, and I'm sure that's almost exactly how I wrote it. And so that's that's you know that that kind of comes out uh, in that line, especially is that you know she's a cool girl who can be a girly girl, but she can also be one of the guys, and she doesn't have a problem. Right, because you, I mean, the, 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 you know, the Madonna whore thing. You have yeah, to... yeah, 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 yeah. She doesn't. I, I just, I, I really wanted to write somebody who doesn't. Because I had just come off a relationship dating a girl who was really passive aggressive, mm-hmm. and once we broke up, I realized how much I hated that, and I wanted to write somebody who was not that at all. Yeah, but uh, everyone, ha- you know what? So- when, when you write people, um, 
it, uh, everyone thinks they want to date someone just like them when in fact if you met yourself you'd hate you that's why it, whenever, whenever you meet someone who's everyone's like, oh, he's so much like you, you hate that person. And not because they said that, but just because you don't like those things about you, why do you have to see it in other people? Well, I think if it's everything, yeah, but I mean, that, that was like, I don't, I, I still don't ever want to date somebody who's passive aggressive. Like, if somebody has a problem, I'd, I'd, I'd rather that they tell me. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's one part where I, that's very much what I do. And, and that's something where I would like to have that in common with somebody, ideally. Not everything about me, certainly, because I'm, I'm, you know. Well, right now, for instance, I'm putting you in a position where you almost have to be passive aggressive with me. And I don't blame you for it, but, um, well, see, you and that's you've mistook you you literally mistook my disagreeing with you for being passive aggressive because no 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 I, I said I put you in that position and I don't even think I, I'm not even I don't even think it's your fault I put you in the position of for, almost being forced to defend your own thing when I'm not really attacking you but I understand oh yeah no no. Sure, sure, but I have to defend what I believe in. Right? No, no, I know, um, but, so, it, but know, it almost yeah, like you have yeah. to. You, even if, even if you're like, oh, whatever, you have to, you have to be nice about this whole thing, even if you're not offended. And so it, 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 it comes off that way. And I'm not, I'm not making a judgment on you. I'm like, I'm being like on the outside that every everybody's put sure. in passive aggressive situations, whether they like it or not. I mean, look, just, uh, just to give you kind of a bottom line sort of thing, like mm-hmm. whether you believe what I'm telling you or not, I don't really care. I mean, you're 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 one guy who saw the movie, and uh, you're you're more than entitled to your opinion. No, I do. I you, believe. You know, and, I believe I'm, it. Most of I'm what sure, you're saying, yes. And, and, and I'm and I'm sure you know. I, I'm sure even if you and I don't think you're going to do this, but even if you were to do the podcast, like I, you know, I talked to this asshole and he didn't give me one straight answer, and you know, I said I it's I I don't care, and, and so. No, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I would I don't have to like Top Gun, even if Justin Long does. That was one thing I didn't get either, because it wasn't in script. But in the movie, there's that thing where she screams Michael Bay fan as if she doesn't know that Michael Bay is, I don't know. Maybe that, that didn't seem like such a small detail, actually. That, well, that was that was something that that was Drew wanted to do that scene, so that was um, that was of her own creation. Um, Does she not know that, that Michael that Bay point? works for Bruckheimer Simpson and Top Gun is like prime Simpson Bruckheimer? Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I'm sure she does, but that's one of those kind of things where it's like, you know, any, any, you know, if we're if we're assuming these characters are people, like nobody's going to think about that when they're making that comment, you know. I, I, you know, for me, that's that's one of those ones where I will, that's one of the ones where I will step away and be like, I didn't write that part because the last thing I need is Michael Bay's wrath. Well, it's um, not just that, I, but I don't, I don't need to be in his doghouse. So it's an, it's sort of an in joke she's making, and the only people who will get it will also know that he. Works for Simpson Bruckheimer, and the, and the people I don't who think, I don't, the people who, who will know that he's hating joke. will like Transformers too. So it's a moot point. I don't I don't think it's an in joke at all. I mean, I think she was just making fun of Transformers and, and Michael Bay movies. Right. Um, I don't think that they, I don't think I don't think it has any kind of correlation to Top Gun or I don't I don't even think it's I don't even think it's a middle finger from her to him. I, I think it's just you know something that she thought was funny. I understand, like, the, the point of the joke, just that the context changes things. And because I'm watching, I'm like, wait a minute, people who will like this movie are that guy in the bar. Well, hopefully, yeah. But, I, you know, I think, I, I, I think that, um, you know, uh, there's a very, I think that that's a very girl moment for her. And, uh, you know, I, I think that guys, I think that guys can laugh at that even while appreciating 
Michael Bay movies. Like, you know, we, like I like the Bad Boys movies, and I fucking love The Rock. And uh, so, you know, I can... I, 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 again, I didn't write that joke, but I might have written something completely like that for female characters. So, right, no, but you, you get what, yeah, I, I mean, what yeah. I'm saying is not, not that I object to the fact that it's a Michael Bay joke, but that it seems to short-circuit itself because you've already established what a big fan of Top Gunny is and how she supports that by buying him a poster or whatever she buys. I, dude, I, don't, I think you might be the only person who ever makes that connection in that way, seriously. I, I don't see a lot of Top Gun and Michael Bay references in the same movie. <laughs> that's usually why. Yeah, well, unless it's Hot Fuzz. I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, that was awkward. No, I hope it wasn't awkward for you. I've actually quite enjoyed. No, that question was awkward. I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna put you through the ringer for the next 45. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) No, it's, it's, uh, I've actually looked. It's, it's very rare that I think, as, as you know, a a potential artist, at least that's that's how I hope I come off at some point, um, that you get to talk to somebody who. You know, really dislike the end product of what you created, um, but can also, you know, back that up with something more than just oh, and hated it, and can speak intelligently about it. And uh, I, I'm, uh, you know, I, like I said before, I'm a big kid. This kind of stuff doesn't doesn't really phase me to a large degree. So um, this has actually been pretty fun for me. Okay, I'm, I, I again, I don't want to like make you feel alienated. I don't want to make it so Warner Brothers never wants to work with me again because you're like, God, what an asshole or something. Um, no, because I tried really hard not to be, but that's you know, just if you were if you were to rewrite me, it's still I'd still come out asshole. <laughs> I don't think I would call you an asshole at all. Other people would, so it's okay. Um, hey, well, yes, I'm sure you have your detractors. Anyone who sells something is therefore a sellout. I mean, what does that even mean? Right, yeah, that, that kind of has... Well, look, and, and you know, I, I really hope that you'll hear this the right way and, and not take it as insulting because you're you're, uh, you're a nice dude and you're really smart and, and, you know, even though we disagree on this, I, I understand all the things that you're saying. Um, if I were to, you know, walk away from this phone call and be really depressed that some guy with a newspaper column and a blog in Philadelphia doesn't like my movie, I would not be cut out to be a, a fucking screenwriter. Uh, I would stick into some lame morass that, you know, would, would I would never come out of. Just a moment while Jeff comes out of his lame morass. And, you know, people did this to me, and I fucking hated it when I was like, because I, I enjoyed Avatar, but I thought the story was just completely meaningless. Like, I loved it for the technical aspects and the, and the animation and everything, but as far as the script, I was like, there's nothing. Of this, this, is, this is nothing. Well, and, I, I didn't, here's the thing is I didn't even see it. I still haven't seen it because it looks like homework to me. When I heard all these complaints are like this, I'm like, what, have you ever like seen a James Cameron movie? The script is like way down on importance in terms of like where he thinks of things. And if you've ever heard anything he's ever written, he cannot write dialogue. It's all dumb B-movie shit. If you go back as far as Rambo and Aliens... Uh, the only right. the only script that is any good at all in terms of like passable dialogue is the Terminator, and it's only passable. It's still not very good. Except that right. that is no, one, that's one of the best streamlined scripts, and the the key to it is that it's also short. Every one of his other movies is like 150 minutes, and that one's 105. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because I've actually heard that the one script of it, and I've heard that same complaint a lot. The one script of his, and I, I have it in my backlog of stuff to read, that, I, that I've been told is just amazing from page one to the end, and including the dialogue, is uh, Bright Angel Falling. Are you aware of that one? No, I don't know that one. 
it's, it's basically the script that he wrote that um, never happened because of uh, Deep Impact and uh, what was the other one that was about a meteor Armageddon. crashing? Armageddon, yeah. So that, that's, that's the one that, yeah, that had, both of those kind of killed that project. But apparently that's amazing on, like, on like every level. Um, well, you know, I mean, disaster movies are problematic with character and dialogue in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Although I, I, there's some, there's really this just sort of, like, gleeful, almost, like, Q-movie uh, um, sense. In, 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 uh, did you see 2012? Yeah, it was awful. And in, in not, uh, even, not even, not even, not even like the effects aren't even good for the first hour either. I, I know, and I had, I had so much fun watching that on just then. Oh my god, they put this together level. Um, so yeah, they. That, that, that's a that's a tough one to do if, if you want to have any. Well, I mean, that, it, that it, genre, commits the, it commits the crime of being boring. I mean, that's the and then in two hours and forty minutes, and I mean, I never reviewed it, but I have talked about it, and in terms of. That and Orphan, I compared the two films. I know they have nothing to do with each other, but I tend to do that. Is that they both punish the pragmatist as if the pragmatist is wrong. <laughs> Oliver Platt is absolutely correct in 2012. He's absolutely making the right decisions. Everyone would have died five minutes after the movie was over. That's exactly right. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, we're going to reward blind faith for no reason. Right. Yeah. And, and in Orphan, yeah, exactly. um, uh, the, the wife... Vera Farmiga is an idiot and annoying, and the and and the yeah. little girl should have killed her. I was annoyed, and you know, the, the, everything about that movie w- could have been terrific if if Joel Silver hadn't chickened out. And I'm not saying, I'm not pinning it on Joel Silver, but based on everything I know about Joel Silver and everything he's done to other projects similarly, he chickened out. I mean, he's ch- you know I've written about it b- plenty of times before, but like in the way that. Hudson Hawk could have been a pretty good parody if he didn't say, "Let's put some real action sequences in, in this," so we so we stop being a parody and just be a shitty action movie. Uh-huh. Did the same thing to Demolition Man. Did the same thing to Ford Fairlane. You can go on and on, and all of these movies that are supposed to be parodies. Or he did he did something like that to Book of Eli, which is a bad film but entertaining anyway um, because it's so insane. But because he just like chicken shit out of because like it's just too much money thrown at. He did even like you know you should you should read because I, I know you did this with me and, and even if you enjoyed Book of Eli, you should if you haven't read it, you should go back and read that original script because I, I enjoyed uh, Book of Eli a lot, but I thought it had some definite problems. And the original script that Gary Witta wrote is absolutely amazing. Well, does it not have that in, inane ending? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It, it's, uh, you mean the, the blindness? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's not even necessary. That's what's so weird about that twist is not only does it not work because it doesn't, you know, if you if you think back, none of it works, but it doesn't even need to be there. It, it does it, it does have the same ending, and it works better because it's better, it's better set up without calling attention to the fact that it's setting it up. Okay. Yeah. Because it was one of those things where I'm like, I'm a sort of amused because I like the B-movie Italian rip-offs of Escape from New York and The Road Warrior were made in the early 80s. Right, right. Like 2019, After the Fall of New York. I like that one a lot. In fact, I wrote a piece on that because I was writing about the cycles of Hollywood. It's called The Motorcycles of the Industry. Basically about how 
the Road Warrior comes out in the early 80s, and then everyone tries to rip off that and escape from New York. And then that Italian genre, of which there were like 200 of them, kind of peters out. And then the Philippines catches on, and they start remaking all of the Italian ones and ripping those off. And then that goes away, and then that genre goes away, and it comes back in a huge budget with Waterworld, which is just the Road Warrior on yeah. water. I mean, it's, 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 it's yeah. exact. And that doesn't... That doesn't do well, so then that goes away, and then so we get a few more of the low-budget ones, and then it comes completely circular with Doomsday, which is what I was really reviewing. That's funny. Which is a $30 million attempt to do that same thing, but can't really decide whether or not it's parody or straight or a ripoff or what it wants to do because Neil Marshall... I mean, you know, what I liked about Centurion is that someone put an axe to it and decided, you know what, let's just put 95 minutes of gore and fuck the story. Sure. And that's what you end up with. And, and so Doomsday is... I thought, I thought I was analytical, but you are crazy. I mean, you are, you are deep into this stuff. Well, I think it's important to analyze trashy stuff. I think that's... I think it deserves just as much respect. And now, 15 more minutes of conversation to prove that the potential animosity between us was only a myth. Uh, oh, I, we never got to talk about your, uh, your, your script that you sold the other one. What is it, a zombie one? Uh, yeah, I sold a, a, a zombie comedy called Breathers. It's based on a book by the same name. They changed it? I thought you had a different... There was a different title. It was much better. What was the old title? Uh, no, no, it's always been... The, the title of the book is um, uh, Breathers, and then it's uh, A Zombie's Lament, kind of like the, the underscore to the title, and my, this, my script is just called Breathers. Oh, no, no, I seem to remember something else that was something much longer, and the title was terrific. Um, and, and I was going to file suit because you ripped off my, my idea? No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, that was the original title of the book. No, I know, yeah. I know, I know. No, no, I, in, in uh, college, and I don't know if you have any idea how old I am, but you can take a guess, and you'd probably be wrong. Um, go ahead and guess. Uh, I would say, like, 33. All right, you're close. I'm 32. Um, okay. I assumed you were right around my age. Right. Uh, and I, I made a short film in college called Ray the Low-Key Vampire. Okay. Which, which was about... And they've, they've since sort of used these ideas. You know, I'm not blaming anyone. I didn't do anything with it. Um, basically, it's about a guy who's like really like a low-key vampire. Like, he's just like, I don't want to bother anyone. You know, he just would go to the blood bank and get blood and... You know, he didn't want to. If he had to, he might bite someone. He didn't want to get in the way. Sure. He was. Sure. He wasn't just like indifferent. He was. He was just like, eh, it's all right. You know, I'm dead. It's fine. Sure. That kind of thing. And I think when I remember reading the ti- the original title that's in my head of your of your other script, I thought of that. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. That they should title it that. And I mean, I guess you're in a bad situation because of all the zombie comedies being made. The people are going to be worn out. But I, you know, I think that there. I haven't seen too many comedies yet. I know there are some in development. Uh, I don't know what stages of development they are. I think you know the thing that really attracted me to the book was that kind of it presupposes some things that aren't typical about zombies, like that they're sentient, they they have all their memories and everything like that. And it just sort of became like if if people were to reanimate from the dead, this is what it would be like and what would happen to them then. And that's kind of the conceit of the book, and that's what I really liked about it. No, I mean, that's a good idea. It's just, I think it's... Because I know people who are really into horror movies, and they're like, zombies are so over. I've actually heard people say that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, but it's absolutely true. And, you know, it's maybe it's time for a break. What What are the new monsters? Because you can't do vampires right now. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, 
it's, it's, it's one of the reasons that I liked it is because because the zombie thing is kind of getting played out, and because the vampire thing is getting played out, and this is really irreverent, and it's like you know the, the almost the core of the book is that um, you know the, one of the main things is that it's it's it, there's a love story component to it, but it's also sort of like a civil rights struggle, you know, for for people who have basically been reanimated, and it's like, well, now what the fuck do I do with my life? Like, you know, there's one scene where he goes to try to get his driver's license back, and they shoot him. It's kind of that thing where it's a really super irreverent take. Like, um, did you see Fido? Uh, I've seen bits and pieces of it. It's kind of like that, mm-hmm. uh, in in the sense that it's like, oh, what would real people do if they had a zombie as a pet? But this is, but this is really grounded. If, if you can say that about a zombie movie, it's really grounded, and it's, it's a point where the zombie thing. Obviously, it's about zombies, but it's almost an afterthought. It's, it's about people who are like, you know, different. That's what I really liked about it is that you know it's, it's not there's nothing typical about it. Well, I think it's important to do with it. See, I know it didn't get good reviews. Well, actually, it sort of did, but they didn't really screen it to a lot of people. They certainly didn't screen it to us. It was Daybreakers, and I really liked Daybreakers a lot. And it was I know it was on the shelf for three years, and they put it out only because of Twilight, and people were like, "You're just ripping off Twilight," even though it was made before the first Twilight. I heard you know, a lot of people say they really liked it. it. It would have probably done a little better, but maybe the marketing wasn't great. But I thought it was terrific. Partially because I really like um, their previous film, Undead. I think that it helps to be willing to go along with a genre movie that's like both creative and lazy. But what I liked about Daybreakers is their sort of flintstoning of the whole thing. It's like looking at, like, you know, instead of rocks, it's all vampires. Every right, Drake, right. every reference. But to look at really what you might have to deal with. And I think that's important no matter... They, they've, done the, they've been doing the superhero. Like, what would a superhero have to deal with in real life? Like, if you're a real person. They've been doing that for a few years. They've never quite perfected it. I mean, Hancock gets close at times, but then doesn't, like, falls apart near the end. And really, like, you know, when have we ever got as close as Greatest American Hero? We haven't. Exactly. I know I'm alone on that one, but, and the third season is awful. But the first, I don't know, 15 episodes are pretty great. Anyway, so uh, I think that it's important to look at what, like, if you're going to do fantasy, look at, like, how, how that person might deal with it in, in the real world, like, all the annoyances. Like, right, do, right. Do, do, do zombies have to do taxes? Like, what do they have to file for? Is there a... that's, that's, almost, that's almost like getting to the point where you take it too far. And I know exactly what you're saying. That, to me, is like, okay, now we're parodying ourselves and we don't want to do that. And it's so funny because somebody had said to me once, you know, it's like, oh, it's basically a deconstructionist zombie story. And it's like, no, 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 it's, it's, it's a zombie story, but it's just, it kind of presupposes what if zombies, you know, I, one of the things I like so much about the book is that People hate the zombies, and they like you know they'll see them walking on the side of the road, and they like throw food at them and like hit them on purpose with their cars, and it's almost like they're so angry that they're not the zombies they expected. Like they're actually pissed off at the zombies because they're not the things that amble after them trying to eat their brain. Oh, so you did a little district. There's a little bit of District Nine in there. A little bit, yeah, yeah, very, yeah, a little bit. And um, obviously, if zombies were chasing you, that would be a horrible situation. But if you just saw a zombie and it's just kind of like there and it's weaker than you, there's a lot of people who are going to be like, "Well, fuck that," and you know, they're gonna they're gonna go after it. And that's kind of that's what the world is like, and that's kind of what the book examined, and what I, you know, I really wanted to bring through in the script. So it's a, it's a it's a different it's a different very different kind of zombie story that I think will. The, I try to go for universal things. I think will really appeal to people who do like zombie movies because they'll get what this one is trying to say. Will that cross the, the same time? Will that be a panacea of the be, paradigm shift? Is what you're getting at? Uh, maybe. 
Um, hey, will it be, uh, will I, it be I, proactive I, about being a panacea in the paradigm shift and, and be global and uh, cross-market, etc.? Yes, that's man. That's that's producer speak that's so over my head. But but yeah, it's, it's you know it's it's one of those things where I just I like the way the story was sold, and I like the fact that it kind of built itself up within the confines of the real world, and you're sort of looking at something as you know how might humans react if this was the case, and uh, and that's what I really liked about it. And I think that's the part of the movie that people who are like, well, I've never fucking seen a zombie movie. I don't give a shit. They could watch it and really like it. So that's what that's what attracted me to that one. Another one you could look. I mean, you've already written it, but another interesting take on not zombies, but in a sense, zombies, and also the annoyance of the afterlife, uh, is risk cutters. Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't. But okay, yeah, because it's about the kids who commit suicide and meet up in like purgatory or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And, and what yeah. what purgatory yeah. is like, and like the day to day, and how annoying and boring it is. Yeah, see, I love that kind of stuff, and I like I like when people you know take those chances. Yeah, it's 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 going to be it's going to be of that mold. We'll see. If, we'll see if we can get it going. I hope we do. And what other what other scripts are you attempting to sell? But through the, through the paradigm um, panacea I'm, shift or whatever. I'm actually, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm actually uh, in the process of. Um, unfortunately, I can't even really talk about the other stuff that I'm doing because I have two projects at other studios that aren't announced yet. Oh no, no I understand. Um, and, and, I, I know about all that yeah. confidentiality stuff. I know. And, and, and I'm, I'm pitching. Uh, I'm also pitching two TV shows. And uh, trying to figure out what I want to be, you know, if I want to, if I want to try to do another adaptation, or if I want to go off and write a script, uh, you know, that's that's an original, that's a spec. Um, so it's kind of uh, kind of up in the air at this point. But I was lucky enough to sell a, a bunch of projects on the heels of uh, going the distance, and that's kept me busy for the last little while. Well, if I may make a suggestion, um, do you listen to podcasts at all? No, I, I really don't, honestly. Okay. The most popular one is pretty much the Adam Carolla podcast. And I can understand because he's sort of okay. an everyman, angry, um, even if he's pretty much a hypocrite because he's basically a rich white man complaining about rich white man problems. He did a fascinating one with Sean Hitosi talking about Sean Hitosi's and Adam. They were both on shows and Adam Carolla pitching ahead of pilot at NBC. And he it's... It's prob- the conversation he has is probably better than the pilot because it was it was about all of the politically correct stuff that he has to deal with. This woman comes in; he, he doesn't even have like you know Hispanic characters on the show or anything like that. And she comes in and she's like, "You have to do this. You don't want to make the same mistake that Southland did." And she's like ordering him around, and giving a speech. And I guess you have to go through all these processes when you do a network show. And it was just it, like on, yeah, on and, and it just like totally a fascinating, the, the fascinating sort of ra- deliberate racial division while trying to yeah. promote equality and diversity. Uh, it was absolutely <laughs> fascinating, and it, went, it was like an hour, and you know, Corolla doesn't let anyone else talk. So. <laughs> um, sure. But it turned out that the thing that Southland, which was a cop show on NBC, that they canceled and went to TNT. I remember that one, yeah. The, the mistake that the woman said that they made was that they had a Hispanic character. But they didn't give him a name that was really, really Hispanic. So he was a, he was a, he's a Hispanic like partner of the guy, but his name wasn't right. like Juan Gonzalez or something. Right. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's a, it's a completely different world. Like it's a it's a it's a big change. 
change for me, and uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I, I really have no preconceived notions about it. I'm kind of just, uh, you know, learning as I go along. But yeah, there's there's all sorts of uh, rules that like one person has and another person doesn't have, and you just gotta figure out how to work with the right people. I mean, it's 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 a it's a hell of a process. But it's, I mean, I guess you couldn't really. I mean, look, the TV set got at some of that, but it really. What? Yeah, that's, yeah, that was, and that was actually a, a good stab at, like, you know, from a from a writer's perspective, like all the shit you have to go through. But what Corolla was talking about, I had actually never heard, and I sent it to people. Like, you really should hear, like, what people who get to some power, who claim to be sort of part of minority, are now speaking for that minority and deciding how yeah. the majority rules everything by tweaking it to. <laughs> to create stereotypes that then they they can then bitch about, even though they're the ones that instituted it in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's. Uh, there's. Oh my God. There's so many. The lobby. There's as much lobbying here as there is in Washington. But Cor- Corolla had some balls because his his pilot was still up in the air, whether it was going to get picked up or not. Um, yeah. He. He named. He named names on who these people were. Oh wow. And he had nicknames. He, like, he had really offensive. He had really offensive nicknames he used for them too, but like funny offensive. <laughs> but but things that you you know you'd be like, oh man, you could not say that if you want your sitcom on the air. Yeah, I, I guess when you get to a certain point, you can do that. I would love to be there someday. Not even that I'd exercise it that often, but I would just love to know that I could. Well, look, if, if someone can sell shit, my dad says as a sitcom, and he can sell anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that I've got something that, that people will like. So we'll see what happens. Well, I mean, the, the, you know about the silliness of that is selling shit. My dad says the whole point is that it's profane and incorrect. And if and it you, went if, to network TV, yeah. yeah. And if you want to tone it down and put it on CBS, it's just going to be like any other cranky dad sitcom. I'm, t- I'm telling you what, though, I've seen that show, and it's like I, I appreciate it for what it is. I'm I'm rarely going to be the uh, the target audience for something that's on CBS. Uh-huh. Fucking people in like like Middle America is going to love the shit out of that. Well, everybody loves Raymond was very popular, but I thought it was pretty meek and boring. But then again, I'm yeah. I mean, my 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 dad loves Two and a Half Men, which I just can't watch. So well, it's because it's, it's the same three jokes over and over. I mean, you know, yeah. Charlie Sheen has sex. John Cryer does not. Kid says something about sex. Repeat. 22 minutes. That's right. I mean, you just sit there going, wait a minute. This is like it, like right before Wheel of Fortune and syndication. What, what the, are they, these are the people that vote against the things they're talking about? <laughs> or laughing at the same jokes? Like, you know, middle America is like, no, we know gay marriage, no this, no, you know, none, none of these little things, none of the, you can't have this in the bedroom, you can't sell dildos across state lines. But Charlie Sheen can make all the jokes he wants about at 8 o'clock on exactly, CBS. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I can't wait to be a part of the system. Well, um, don't pretend that you're, like, you know, fighting it. Yeah, no, not at all. I like working. You, you want to be like Chumbawamba. Uh, I don't know if I go that far. Do you remember? Do you remember Chumbawamba? The song? Oh yeah. They had that one song. Yeah, they had the one song. I get knocked out. You know, whatever. uh, Tub Thumper was called. And they showed up on Leno. They showed up on Leno wearing shirts that said "One Hit Wonder." Uh, I, yeah, again, I don't know if I'd go that far, and who knows, I might, I might end up being, but uh, I would I would like to keep doing this as long as possible. Well, um, you have been very gracious in the very long time we've been talking. Um, oh, not a big guy. I, I, like I said, I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to me. <laughs> okay, all right, nice talking to you, Jeff. All right, dude. Bye. All right, take that.